Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Yucca. And today we're talking about the summer solstice, the longest point in the year in the Northern Hemisphere, the longest day, the shortest night. And we're going to talk about what that is, what we call it, what some of the metaphorical themes are that go along with it, and some ideas for rituals to do for the for the summer solstice. Right. And it's another one of those that has a lot of names. But at least being one of the solstices, we have a name that that is pretty common that we can refer to it by, and most people know what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For many, many years, this was referred to in the English-speaking world as midsummer. So mm-hmm. that's where you get a midsummer night's dream, all that kind of stuff. And that's what I prefer to call it because I don't like using the the foreign language names since I'm not. Really they aren't drawing... your languages. Yeah, and I'm not drawing cultural elements from those cultures. So why should I take their name? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'd like to call it midsummer? Are I there do. any? Is that Unless any other I'm names? In the for southern it? hemisphere, in which case I would call it midwinter. Right. <laughs> yes, for us it's usually summer solstice, sometimes we refer to Havmas. Hav is summer in Welsh, and mm-hmm. it's actually a name we made up because the Mas is like the like from the other side of the year and it's the flip of that. So it just kind of sounded nice to us. We're like, "Oh, oh. yes, it's the summer. It's the summer Mas, right?" Mm-hmm. Do we call it that? Or it's our first summer it's not midsummer for our climate. Mm-hmm. You know that some climates it is. I mean, summer has started. I know in the on the mirror the calendar here in the United States it's the official start of summer. That's right. But climate. I mean, weather-wise, summer is here already for us. It's just mm-hmm. not the middle of summer. The middle of summer won't be until August. Right. And and that's true for us, too. I wrote a blog post at atheopaganism.org recently about the fog cycle, because mm-hmm. here in in the coastal zone in Northern California, what happens is it gets blazing hot inland, like in the Sacramento Valley, mm-hmm. and the air rises and therefore creates a low pressure zone mm-hmm. because it's expanded. And so it pulls cool, moisture-laden air in from over the ocean, which precipitates out into fog along the coastal area. Mm. So we get this fog cycle, and it's why San Francisco is famous for fog. We get this fog cycle in the summertime, and when the fog cycle starts, it's really kind of the climatic beginning of summer. And that's been going on now for about three weeks. Mm, And what will happen is we'll have these gray days never rains, just gray, overcast. And then eventually it cools down enough that that thermal cycle doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And we'll get a few days of bright sparkling sun, usually some blazing heat at the end of that. And then it starts the cycle again. Okay. So that's that's how we know that summer has started here. Mm, I like that. Well, for us, we have the monsoons. 
So in the desert Southwest, much of the desert Southwest has the monsoons and we've been getting them this year, which is wonderful because we've had quite a few years of, of just not getting, just being in terrible, terrible drought. And it's, when I was a kid, the monsoon started earlier. Right? They started back in May and they went all the way mm. through September. But now they really are the end of June, July, August is mm -hmm. when they'll come. And it's, we'll get afternoon rain, heavy rain, intense, and then it's gone. But when the rain is coming in, there is, there's the smell of the rain. Yeah, and it's the soil. I think that what's happening is there's soil microbes that are that are releasing the smell. There's all sorts of things, but it's just there's nothing like the smell of the rain. And I've I've been in different areas. Different deserts have their own smell, but there's something similar between them, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in the Chihuahua or the Mojave, like they have their own, and it's just the most wonderful thing. There's just nothing like it. And right after the rain. There's so much life that just wakes up. We have mm -hmm. mosses that go dormant and then it rains and they wake up and they're this fairy green, just pops of fairy green everywhere. And then a few hours later, they're back to the brown. Mm. And it's just everything wakes up in a way that that is just very different than the rest of the year. So it's just wonderful. And the insects and one of the really fun things that we love is that after a rain, a day or so after that is when the winged ants will come out. Oh. So they send out that generation because they need the soft ground to be able to start the next colony. And it's too hard to, to dig any other time. So that's when you'll see just these the conventions, these parties of the winged ants, and you know some of the termites do that as well. And it's just we're alive with insects and creatures, and all, it's just a very magical time of year. And there's all then the dramatic lightning storms that come with the rain too. That's right. Yeah, and the clouds, the the incredible the thunderheads. Yeah, what is it? Cumulonimbus. Is that yeah. what it is? Those ones that just go literally miles into the sky. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And what I have enjoyed when I've been in the desert Southwest at this time of year is that typically the rains will break right before sunset. Yes. So you get these spectacular sunsets, just unbelievable kind of blazing through the remnants of the clouds. Mm -hmm. Really extraordinary. Yeah. And most the sunsets all year round are beautiful. But as we go deeper into summer, the late summer, early fall is when those sunsets are. I don't know why. I don't know quite what's happening that's different. But they're the ones where the whole sky is just red and golden. and. Mm -hmm. It's just, and they seem to, to last a little longer. It's, it's quite amazing. Hmm. So, enchantment. Yep. Uh, so that's what's happening for us. This is a great time of year. Yeah. And it's not yeah. too hot yet. Uh -huh. <laughs> It'll get, we don't actually get that hot. Really, we're, we're fine in terms of heat, but, you know, we're, we'll be in, hanging out in the 80s. So, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the warm days that we get are, low 90s but 
you know, some sometimes when the fog cycle really breaks hard, we'll have days that are well. We had a, a day that was last year you had crazy fifteen last year. That was for about a week. We had temperatures that were up mm-hmm. over one hundred and ten every day, and that was that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, midsummer. And yeah. and the summer solstice. What are the kinds of things that we think of thematically that go along with this time of year? I mean, we've we've talked about what's happening in nature. Mm-hmm. We still, by the way, our birds still have their mating plumage, which is interesting. It seems a little late to me, but they do. I'm seeing that at our feeders. Ours do as well, although ours are always we're a little later than you because you warm up so much sooner than we do. Right. So they're still and I I feed mine mealworms and I see that they're still gobbling up the mealworms. As we get later into the summer, they'll kind of leave that alone, but I put out like a little bowl for them to, to, and so I assume that they're always doing that when they've got the eggs or the real young, Mm -hmm. the young birds in the nest. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Our hummingbirds are mostly gone though. Ah. There's a few that will hang out in the summer, but they mostly were just a stop for them on their, larger journey see we have a number of birds that are actually migratory birds but they don't migrate where we are because it's so benign they just like it they're like they just just hang (laughs) you know we have hummingbirds in the middle of the winter and they're just like well if we went anywhere else it'd be worse than here so (laughs) they just hang out okay that's great why i mean yeah speaking of the birds the kiddos and i took a trip just last week down to Carlsbad Caverns and we woke we woke up really early in the morning to go watch the bats return Mm. so the the park is actually open all night so we got there at like 3 30 or 4 in the morning instead of watching them leave and so the bats were all coming home but then there are cave swallows that Mm. found the caverns just a few decades ago Apparently they weren't there before, so now they've made it their home. And so you switch, the bats go in, and then the swallows come out. And so they're also migratory, so they'll go down south, farther south, because, I mean, from my perspective, Carlsbad is already pretty south, but I'm talking about, you know, down into South America for that, and then they'll come back up from, like, april to october and they're just incredible creatures as they're swooping around and when they fly next to it's like sounds like a like the sky like a crackle as they like zip past you so that was really fun to get to see them in the like hundreds so hundreds of bats replaced with hundreds of these swallow wow that's cool yeah so just a plug for everyone, if you have not been to the caverns, it's it's unbelievable. They're really unbelievable. You can hike down, but they also have an elevator. So you can get down. So if you are in a wheelchair or have any mobility challenges, like it's really, really accessible. So it's a great experience. Yeah. Now, in term, we we were back on we were on themes though, right? So you often see this wheel of the year as the life cycle of a human, right? I do, and this time would be full adulthood, 
like mm -hmm. in your 30s, you know, maybe into your mid 40s, kind of at the height of your powers. And that doesn't entirely square with my understanding of this holiday, actually, mm -hmm. thematically, because to me, this is the holiday of leisure. Mm -hmm. In the agricultural cycle, that's kind of what it is, at least it was in, in European times, and it and it is where I am locally. Because you plant, did all, all the planting, plant, but it's not time to harvest. It's been done. <laughs> Stuff is growing. Not time to harvest yet. So really what you do is lie in a hammock and drink beer or mojitos and just <laughs> kind of relax. So it's a time for going to the beach and other sort of leisure kinds of activities. And that's what I most associate with this holiday, actually, is not formal rituals so much as just getting outside and having recreational activities that, that are enjoyable and relaxing. Mm, okay. That's wonderful. How about you? What are, what are the things that you associate with well, this, this time of year? Yeah, this is the bugs time of year for uh, us. Is the uh -huh. arthropods are insects and myriapods. And, and this is really the the time of year in our climate where they really are at their peak and their height and there's just uh -huh. the wild bees are out and the all kinds of creatures are around we have and then these ones will get a little bit more active later on in the year but i adore them we have carolina wolf spiders here oh. uh, which are wolf spiders but they are you know several inches across they're they're big they're like the mm -hmm. size of a small little tarantula and we like to go out on night hikes and which you have to of course be careful to not step on any animals but the the spiders are very shy creatures right they don't want to come up and mess with you but when mm -hmm. you shine your light around their eyes glisten like little mm. bits of mica and they look back at you and mm. so there's just a a celebration of them and how important they are for our world mm -hmm. they are just so critical uh, and it's also a time that we do do gifts as well. Wow. So we do gifts on both solstices. And we're about, when we're recording this, we're about a, you know, a little bit more than a week out. Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't put it up yet, but we have a bee garland that we do in our house where we've made giant bees out of like cardboard and some of them of clay and we put it around and decorate the house for the summer. And of course, lots of sun motifs as well because mm. there's just so much sun right now and we put that around the house and you know hang little little trinkets and little gifts and so the kids will probably get some books and and things that are often insect related or cousin insect you know because spiders and centipedes and those things aren't insects but they're close cousins right so right. yeah well that sounds really fun and wonderfully seasonal yeah the the sun symbols are obviously a big part of you know what i do with my focus for example my altar has lots of sun symbols on it generally but it gets a lot more sun symbols on it at this time of year yeah um, it's really you know the reign of the the sun triumphant at this time of year this one of my one of my least favorite summer solstice traditions is that Right around this time of year is when I sunburn my scalp and then realize that 
it's hat oh, no. season. I need to I need to not do this. <laughs> you know, it's not February anymore. The sun is not weak. The sun is as about as overhead as it's going to get, and it's strong. And I need to protect myself. From it. So <laughs> yes. that's another thing that happens every year. Mm. I enjoy hats. I have some great, huge, broad-rimmed hats. My my climate is hat all the time climate. Because hmm. even in the winter, it's very, very, very high elevation, but it's cold enough that you need to have a knit hat uh-huh. in the cold half of the year. And then it's just so, there's just so much sun that you've just got to have something to, or else you can't see to protect uh-huh. your your face and neck and, and yeah, all of that. that elevation. There's so much UV. You really got to be careful. Yeah. Well, you know, when you go to the weather page and it'll tell you the, what's the pollen count and the wind, you know, our UV index is almost always 10 <laughs> all the time. You just don't even look at it. It's 10. Um, uh, so yeah, you can't leave a, a you know, tarp won't last a season out there. The uh-huh. UV just eats it uh-huh. and it turns into those terrible million little pieces of plastic everywhere mm. so well are there any rituals that you do either for yourself or with your community around this time of year well as i said most of what i want to do with my community at this time of year is really just kind of hang and enjoy one another's company but there is one ritual that i do every year which involves my sun broom mm-hmm and longtime listeners will have heard me talk about this before. I have a handle, which is a piece of oak branch that I gathered in a state park. And on that, I have bound long grasses to make a shaggy sort of broom. And I add grasses to it every year. In, and some years, I actually fully replace the grasses. Mm-hmm. I can find enough long grass to cut wherever I am and use that to to replace the 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 bristles um and i bind that all up and then i sit it out in the midsummer sun all day on the day of the solstice Mm -hmm. and the idea of that is that it's soaking up the you know the power of the sun Mm -hmm. and so long about february i can wave that thing around the house (laughs) when it's really dismal sort of remind myself of the feeling of the sun and the the energy and the the warmth and light and all those things that I'm missing in February. Mm, that's so great. That, yeah, it's it's a nice ritual tool to have. You know, there have been times when like I've been working with people that have been really feeling down, you know, having a really hard time in their life right then and kind of waving a lot of sun around them seems to make them feel better. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And are they Grass is still green for you? So no. you have okay. So you're you're harvesting uh dry grass then. Yeah, it's generally wild oats. Mm-hmm. Uh, they grow very tall. And so, you know, you can cut them off and make a nice long broom. This this marks really May Day kind of marks the demarcation between the gold time of the year and the green time of the year. Mm-hmm. That's things what I was are, remembering. Yeah. yeah, things are are starting to gold up. And we've had a few little sprinklings of rain. So there's some remnants of green, unusually so this year, especially because we had this giant rain year right. last winter. 
but by and large, the hills have gone golden by this time. And mm-hmm. so that's the golden time of the year. Yeah. I it, I really just enlo- enjoy how flipped our climates are, because this uh-huh. is one of the only times of year that the grass is green. It's right. gold most of the year, but right now we've got this pop of green. And it's just so, it's just beautiful how places are so different right we're we're experiencing i mean we're sharing some experiences together because we're going you know what's happening astronomically you know that's we're all experiencing that but what spring is for you and what spring is for me we're just in these very different worlds and yet coming together and sharing in an online space and then going back to our you know might as well be different planets sometimes yeah well and of course i mean we I, I just had our Saturday Zoom mixer that we do every Saturday mm-hmm. this morning, and a woman from Argentina was there. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's in an entirely different world. Right. You know, it's like, it's cold, and it's wet, and it's dark, and, uh, you know, all those all yeah. those things that we associate with December up here are w- what's happening for her right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that, as a country, has so many different environments. Well, yeah, because it's, it's so north-south, and it's got the Andes, which are so high. and Right, it's that, it's stretched down, it goes, you know, and then you can be in that low, low desert, or that high, or the, you know, it's, I'm looking at it on the map right now, the, yeah. Or Patagonia, which is this Arctic kind of environment, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's everything. I'd love to go. Where there are still folks who speak Welsh. Really? Yes, there is a Welsh community there. And so you can, you'll find people with last names of like Evans and, and things like that. Yeah. Wow. So it's, they're, they're like the Welsh, like cowboys in Patagonia. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great country. It's an amazing, we live in just a wonderful world. Just we so do. many different places yeah. and, and little gyms and yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's kind of part of what we're all about, isn't it? We live in a wonderful world. Me too. It's it's just really cool when you pay attention to it. Yeah. I like having the holidays as these touchstones throughout the year, Mm -hmm. right? Just to kind of come back and think about, you know, what was last year around solstice and the year before and, and how it's so similar and yet so different this time around mm-hmm. well i think i conjecture that that's why the 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 symbol of the spiral was very attractive to prehistoric people you know the the creators of the megalithic passage burials and all that kind of stuff because time really is like a spring you know you come around to the same point again but you're you're removed from it by a year Mm-hmm. So it just kind of iterates around and around and around. Yeah. Always in a different place and yet in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what was I going to do? I know what I was going to do. I was going to close with a poem for the season. Ooh. Let me grab. Sure. This is called Dawn Prayer whose warm love flows across the land each day, stirring life, the world's magic, arms yearning up, turning each green leaf to follow, 
whose generous balm upon the skin is love's touch. Ah, heated fingers soothing, whose roar boils water from ocean to sky, drawing sweet from salt, becoming rain, snow, river, lake, whose fervid beat upon us is deadly, and yet contemplating cold stars, how we miss it, the golden one, quotidian center of our days, steady companion, sower of treasures great and small, light bringer, life quickener, dazzling, unbearably bright, hail, oh hail, the magnificent sun. Thank you. Mm. My pleasure. I'm awfully fond of that star. I, <laughs> I would be really bereft without it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you and all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, this was a great talk and thank you. Sure. Yeah, everyone have a wonderful midsummer and or winter or midwinter. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you come up with cool ideas for rituals for this time of year, shoot us an email at thewonderpodcastqs at gmail.com. Let us know what you're doing. We're always interested to hear from our listeners. So thanks so much for listening.